What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Bryson Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, sis. Hey, girl. Happy Monday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you're listening to this. Happy, happy day to you, girl. I am super excited about this week's episode of the podcast. But before we hop into it, I really want to just say thank you to y'all for all the comments, all the shares, all the likes, all the DMs all of everything and just congratulating the podcast because we hit 100 episodes last week and I am so excited to be going into April with just kind of this newness with the podcast. I really am excited to just continue to serve y'all in this capacity. 
Additionally, with that, if you are someone who loves the podcast, make sure you leave a review. I love reading them and I'm actually going to start sharing them on my social media. So I definitely want to shout you out, Sissa. If you are someone who loves the podcast, has been a listener of the podcast, leave a review on Apple iTunes. It just helps the podcast get to more people. And I just want to be able to read all of the good things that y'all are saying, all the ways that the podcast is helping you. And then last but certainly not least, follow me on Instagram, sis, at Therapy is a Christian and my personal page at Rosalind Renee, R-O-S-L-Y-N-R-E-N-E. And then join my email list. I have started to send out a weekly email called Christ Couch, which is basically an opportunity for me to share a devotional and prayer with you, a little Monday motivation, as well as a mental health tip that you can implement very easily into your week. And I love, love, love sharing with my audience on there. So definitely go to the description or the show notes to be able to get access to the Monday motivation, which is called Christ Couch. All right, so... Let's get into this episode. So sis, let me just tell you, I have been on this whole little journey with God. And one of the things that has been so enlightening and so great to me is the fact that scripture really, really has so many layers. (laughs) And we really study a scripture, like one scripture alone can have so much jam packed into it that I want to break down this scripture that I've been meditating on consistently over the last couple of weeks, not even just couple of days, just last couple of weeks. And it's been so revolutionary and transformative for me in just the way that I understand God even more in a deeper way of just how much his, how much God cares about our mental health and overall just God caring about our thought life and how that impacts the way we do things in general on a daily basis. And I want to break this down to you because I know that there is still such a stigma about you know, us Christians going to counseling and us dealing with our mental health that we think that it's not important to God. And we think that we're giving up on God when we prioritize our mental health. We prioritize just this space of where we think. And when I talk, when I say mental health, I'm really talking about your thought life. I'm really talking about the things that impact your thoughts on a daily basis, the things that impact your confidence, the way you communicate, the way you show up for yourself, the way you show up for your family, the way you show up for your people, like all of those things. So I am going to kind of hit you hard with a little bit of scripture today. Haven't done that in a while. So I'm really excited to do that today. And my hope is that you leave this episode with an understanding fully that God understands, but God also very much so cares about your mental health and that you prioritizing that space with him, but not only for yourself, is so close to his heart. So I'm going to break this down in three ways. And just really understand that God cares about our thought life. Where in scripture does this show evidence? And then also, what can we do? So what can we take away and do from understanding that God cares about our mental health, our thought life, the way we feel, the way we do things? He cares about it. And it is so ingrained in who he is and also how he cares for us as children. So let's just preface this episode with a scripture. And I'm coming from Romans 12 and 2. And I'm coming from the New Living Translation. And I love the fact that all these different translations give such a deeper rooted meaning to a lot of things that we may not know that these scriptures are saying this. So Romans 12 and 2 in the New Living Translation, we all know this scripture. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is good, the perfect will of God. So this translation says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, 
pleasing and perfect. And so I want to break this scripture down so good, sis. Like it caught me so good. So the couple of things that I want to pull out are, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so basically what this scripture is saying is that when we come to God, not only are we not to conform to the way the world does, because the world will tell us to do all these other things, but God says, come to me and let me transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And so that means changing the way you think about him, changing the way you think that you're supposed to do church, change the way that you think that you're supposed to do relationship, change the way you think you're supposed to parent your children, change the way you think you're supposed to show up at your job, change the way you think about all these things. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And this is why people say when they come to God, he changes them because a lot of us sometimes want to play church in the sense that we've been in church our whole life. So we lose this fire to want God to change us or Jesus to really change our hearts. And I can really attest to that because I know that I've talked to y'all in the past about how last year I was kind of struggling with some apathy and just kind of feeling this blast sense towards this push and push and push in my relationship with God, that it was hard for me to feel like on fire. It was hard for me to feel like, what am I pressing towards? What am I pushing towards? And a lot of that has to do with just true, true surrender. It's but also getting back into the word, getting back to know that this is my grounding. Because the thing about God is he is the foundation of everything that I do, but also he's the foundation of the way that I operate in general. And so to pull that rug from me, and I think a lot of it had to do with just the events of 2020, but also just being pulled from community, not being able to really be around people, not being able to like experience my pregnancy and like do things with my friends before I had really kind of gotten to mommyhood and just so many things. I'm an extrovert, sis. So for me to be around people fuels my cup. And so kind of just that the things that I rely on as my coping mechanisms that I know are of God, like the body of Christ is my, is my clutch, sis. Like the body is my thing. Like I need to experience relationships with people. That being one thing. And then just, of course, the change in routine, not really being able to spend time with God like I wanted to, just all these things impacted that. And it made the fire dim. It made the fire of God just be like, this duty or this chore. And so really, honestly, too, it really changed the way my thought life was towards serving God, serving his people, serving him in a way that I know is not this thing that's like pressure, but more so in love. And like, and when I say servanthood, I really mean just humbly being a person that genuinely loves people not this thing where you have to strive to meet this marker, but really just love people and genuinely love them. And so understanding this, I needed God to help me understand why when I step out to do something, I'm continuing to self-sabotage. Why when I step out and do something, I'm continuing to compare myself or I'm having this indecisiveness or I'm having problems with really identifying my whole identity in him. Why is this such an issue for me? And so with that being said, this scripture came up that basically said, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Don't do the things you see on social media because you think that it works. You don't know what those people are doing behind that picture, but let God transform you. So let me come back to my center point, which is the father and let him transform me and help me to know what is good. Then I will be able to know what is good, pleasing and perfect. 
So here's what good, pleasing, and perfect is. And this is where I really want to get into the first point. God desires for us to experience goodness. I think that we know the world is off the chain right now, sis, okay? Like, let's not even let's not even try to play like we don't know the world is off the chain. But even in the midst of our being off the chain, like we as believers are to experience goodness. And I think goodness, we need to know it in a different, in a very deep way that I'm going to break these words down. Good, pleasing, and perfect. I'm a word girl. I love looking at things in the Greek. I love breaking words down from the Bible. It's my thing, sis. If you have been a part of my time with God challenge, you know, your girl loves to study. I love to teach about studying the word. I love to teach how you can really, really get into a practical time with God. So Definitely, definitely check the description box if you are someone that really wants to learn how to prioritize your time with God because it's super important. And I think that a lot of us need to get back into the place of building the routine of being able to spend time with God, myself included. So definitely check the description box if you are interested in the Time with God challenge. So let's take the word good and look at it up in the Greek. What good means in the Greek is useful, pleasant, joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished. And when I say the Greek, let me break that down. So when the Bible was originally written, it was written in a different language. It was written in Greek and Hebrew. So there are a lot of words in the Bible that have deeper context meanings because they're written in its original text. And so Greek and Hebrew are usually the translations that people go to when looking up in like the concordance or wanting to know a word or something deeper. With all the different translations of the Bible, the Greek and Hebrew really rely on the King James Version as the original version to specify the definitions of the words. So most of the time when I'm looking up a word and translating from the Greek and Hebrew, I'm looking it up from the King James Version. And then not only with that, though, because of these words, there are different words in the Bible that mean different things. So like power, for example, could mean a multitude of different things in the Greek, depending on what scripture you're reading. So I'm just going to give that preface to say, at least for this scripture, good in the Greek means useful, pleasant, joyful, happy, excellent, and distinguished. So God wants us to experience goodness. He wants us to be able to feel useful. He wants us to be able to feel pleasant. He wants us to feel joy and happy and excellent. And we should feel that way when we come to know him and he changes the way we think because then we're able to know that his will for our life is for us to be able to be useful, pleasant, joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished. This is very opposite of what a lot of times the world says God is. People say God is a, you know, disciplinarian and he's all these things and he is God. So he can be whoever he wants to be. But our perspective of God sometimes is not always good. It's very much so in this very like harsh, harsh manner that we can't really begin to see the goodness of what it means to follow him. So let's go to the next word, which is pleasing. Actually, in the King James Version, the word is acceptable. And in acceptable in the Greek means well-pleasing. God wants to know that his will for us is pleasing. Like it's pleasing to him for us to follow and learn his will for us. Because at that point, we're able to know that we joyfully act in pleasing him. And lastly, the Bible also says perfect. And perfect means complete. And what that means in complete is that when we are at a place where we are able to and that God's will for us is perfect, we understand that it's complete. 
Like, how amazing is that that you don't have to feel like the will of God is unsatisfying or it's not, it's missing something. Like, it's complete, sis. And so with that being said, I think we need to also note that along with God wanting us to experience goodness, that Jesus' whole point of coming to this earth was to bring the good news. And that the good news is that we don't have to strive to try to prove or push or apply for it that it was bought for us already and that we get to experience the goodness. A lot of times, a lot of us get into this performance mindset and myself included because we think that it has to be the striving. It has to be this push. It has to be this clawing to understand and get God's will. But really the Bible is just saying, come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. Let me meet you where you are and let me change you. And in you being changed, you're going to experience goodness. It like you coming to me will always be a prerequisite of knowing that you're going to experience these things. And we make it so complicated, myself included, sis. Like sometimes I get back into that performance mindset of I have to perform. And that's based in just, you know, different things I've experienced in life and the narrative that was you know, brought forth towards me as a kid. And it's easy to check back into that, but we have to know that we have to be at a place of understanding that God's will is good, that it's acceptable, that it's basically pleasing and that it's perfect, that it's completely complete. And with that being said, that the father wants us to know that and experience that on a daily basis. And also too, I think that we sometimes think that God wants us to suffer. Like, why would God, who is so good, desire for us to suffer? And with that being said, God is basically saying in many times in scripture, when we're having thoughts or having these overwhelmed to come back to him. For example, cast your cares unto me because I care for you. When you're anxious, pray to me. When you are overwhelmed, come to me. Like, We think that this state of suffering has to be a long lasting thing and it has to be because we're Christian, we just have to suffer. And that's not our portion. Like our portion is to enjoy goodness and all of these things. Like the Bible says that I pray that you have good health and that you prosper so that your soul may prosper. Like if this is a good thing and this is supposed to be about goodness, why do we feel like sometimes that it's always about suffering? And not to say that you're not going to push and do things that are challenging, but our perspective towards suffering becomes this thing where we just feel like we have to stay in it because you're Christian. And that's not, that's not it. And so I think the perspective that we have to switch to is knowing that when God comes and changes our thoughts, he overall changes all of the things that we think towards him to be able to experience the goodness, the acceptable and the perfect. And so I think when we get to a place where we think that, we are not to experience this goodness. That's when we begin to experience the apathy. That's when we begin to experience this feeling of feeling separated from God. And I think that that's when we have to come back to the central grounding place of knowing that he is the one and he is the one that who is capable of changing the way we think about a lot of things. So going to number two is where does scripture show evidence of this? And I really want to emphasize that God cares about us. Like he cares about our thought life, which is overall caring about our mental health and really putting that to be the place of priority for all of us so that we can be able to then experience those amazing things that I'm talking about. So let's start with a couple of scriptures. I'm going to read from Hebrews 4.12. 
And this is also in the New Living Translation. And it says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. So when we're talking about the word of God, which is our sword in general anyway, we're talking about the very thing that is able to completely reveal to us our thoughts, our desires, and what parts of us. We in general, and our humanness in general, sis, do not know what bothers us. Like we don't have an ability to oftentimes know what bothers us, what we're going through, what might be convicting us. And so the word of God is the thing that exposes the thoughts and desires that we are to. We often kind of just kind of push it aside, suppress, hide, all those things. And so if God's word is the thing that exposes our thoughts, Why would God then say that we don't, he doesn't care about our thoughts. He doesn't care about the things that matter. He doesn't care about the things that matter the most to us. And this is important because I think that we can get to a place and myself included where our thoughts consume us and we get so overwhelmed that we're just, we kind of go into this place of inwardly thinking God doesn't care. And that's just not what the word says. The word says that the word of God is to expose those thoughts and emotions and those desires. And so that's super important to recognize because then that lets me know that the word of God has places for my thoughts and desires to be seen. So, so, so good, sis. So let's go to the next scripture. And this is one of my favorites. Psalm 139, one through two. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. So here's the thing. Another scripture that talks about thought life. God even knows our thoughts and we're far away from him. Why? Because he has examined our hearts. And the beautiful thing, and I'm going to talk about the heart in a second, is the fact that God is able to understand and know us lets us know that even when we are far away or we feel like we're far away. And and to say we're far away, you know, that's personal. No one can ever just tell you when you're far away because you know for yourself But at the same time, like knowing that God knows our thoughts, even when we're far away, lets me know that he cares about our thought life. He cares about the way we are mentally. He cares about how we are processing things mentally. That is super important to the father. And so when I hear people say they don't, they don't feel like that mental health is important to the father, like this is the whole trajectory of what God even talks about in his word when he's saying like, I care for you. Why? I care about the way you feel. So why would God even say, cast your cares unto me because I care for you. Pray to me when you're anxious. Come to me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. So with that being said, all of these things have such a value point to God caring about our thoughts, y'all. And so I keep on bringing this up because it's important to be able to understand that it's not just us having to do this on our own, but that we have someone doing it with us. Okay. So the next scripture says Proverbs 21 and two, people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the heart. And this scripture is basically talking about how people in their own mind think they write. But it's God who examines us. And going to that previous scripture saying that God examines us to know when we're far off from him. He knows our thoughts. And so again, again, I press and say that people think they're right in their own eyes that the Lord examines the heart. 
So I thought about this further and I just kind of said, okay, Lord, well, what is the significance of the heart? Like what, what in the heart, what does the heart really mean to you? Like, I know you also said that David was a man after your own heart. Like I get that. So what does the heart have to do with where we are in our thought life, where we are in a lot of areas. And so I looked this up in the Greek and this is what it says. It categorizes the heart as the central place. I'm just going to say central place of all physical and spiritual life. And this includes our mind, our thoughts, our passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, and endeavors. And it also says that the heart is part of the soul, so far affected that if it is served bad or good, it is the seat of our sensibilities, affections, emotions, desires, appetites, and passions. So part of our heart is our thought life. And so like, for example, let's just say we're talking about David. God described David as a man after his own heart. The Bible also talks about in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. The Bible also says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we speak, what we feel, what we think, all lies within our heart. So if God is trying to change our heart, humble our heart, be in a place where he's near our heart, give our hearts to God, like these things that we say and some of the things that are in the Bible, Our thought life and our mental health and our emotions, like it talks about the heart being the thoughts, the passions, the desires we have. All of these things lie in the place of the heart, which is solely important to God. So why would our thought life, which includes our mental space, not be important to the Father? And so with that being said, I really want to talk about what can we do? Because if this is the case, if God desires for us to experience goodness, Jesus's whole point was to bring the good news. God doesn't want us to feel like we're in a place of suffering. He cares about us. He doesn't want us to feel this apathy or this place where we can't feel like we can come to him. But additionally with that, God has lists and beyond lists of scriptures that when people were suffering, how he met them where they were, how we're supposed to give our anxieties to him, we're supposed to give our cares to him. Literally anxieties in the Greek means cares. It is important, God, to get your cares, the things you care about. And so in understanding this, I have a couple more scriptures that I want to, well, one more scripture in particular that I really want to preface and say, this is 1 Corinthians 2.11. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And so part of the first thing that we can do is understand that we have the Holy Spirit, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. So much so that in order for us to really even experience the fullness of God, this is why Christ came. Let me walk you through this and then I'm going to paint a picture. Christ's entire point was for us to be reunited with God. In order for him to have been reunited, for us to be reunited with him, we had to receive Holy Spirit. That's why when you become saved, they tell you that you receive the Holy Ghost and he received the Holy Spirit. That's why the day of Pentecost was so important that the disciples and the people waited for the Holy Ghost to come because they were then not enabled and being empowered to be able to do the things they were called to do, which was share the good news of the kingdom. This is why Jesus said this. And so Jesus said to them in the Bible, and I wish I had the scripture pulled up, but he said, it is better for me to go. Why? Because if I do not leave, the Holy Spirit can't come. And if the Holy Spirit comes, then he will be able to teach you all of the things. He will be your advocate. He will bring to your remembrance all the things I have said. 
So in order for us to be reunited with Christ, we had to get Jesus. Why? Because that at that point, when we were able to receive the Holy Spirit, we were then able to receive the spirit that knows God's thoughts. Why? We are only able to know God's thoughts through the Holy Spirit. We are only able to desire the word through the Holy Spirit. We are only able to know the word of God through the Holy Spirit. This is why the gospel is the truth. And so with that being said, in 1 Corinthians 2 and 11, when it says no person can know, no one can know a person's thoughts except through that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. We get to experience God's own spirit through the Holy Spirit. And that is how we're able to have a relationship with God. That is how we're able to be reunited with God again. That is why we don't have to fight and push and pray. I mean, not push and pray, but push and be at this place of performance where we don't get to experience the fullness of who God is because we're trying to do it in our own strength. That's the peace of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And so starting with that again, I go into my last point when point number three, which says, what can we do? The biggest thing is to know that we have to fight. And most of the time in fighting, we have to know that God fights our battles. And that's what I mean when I say we have to fight. We have to know that there is someone fighting for us. And one of the weapons we have in fighting is prayer. And it doesn't have to be hard, y'all. I really want to stress that. Your thought life is so important that that's the main place the enemy attacks. There's a wonderful book on the mind called The Battlefield of the Mind. It's by Joyce Meyer. I recommend that you get it because she really talks about how it's the literal place of the battlefield in our lives that get to us, that make us not get to the place that we want to be fulfilled in the Father. And so with that being said, prayer is one of our weapons where we can fight. The second thing is to become aware. In order for us to know what we're fighting against and counterattack the enemy, with the blood of Jesus is to know what we're fighting against. And a lot of times it's just full on self-awareness, what you are aware of with yourself when it comes to being able to walk this walk. What are you fighting against? Are you fighting comparison? Are you fighting rejection? Are you fighting feeling not content? Are you fighting lust? Are you fighting all these things? And this goes back to what I said about the heart because Christ said, wherever your treasure is there, your heart will be also. What are your thoughts? What are your passions? What are your desires? What are your appetites? What are your affections? What are your purposes? What are your endeavors? What are the things that are in your mind, heart, and spirit that are impacted? And what do you need to know to be able to pray those things and pray against the enemy in those areas? And so sometimes in order to be self-aware, we have to do the work. We have to take the steps to be vulnerable with God. We have to take the steps to be vulnerable in therapy. We have to take the steps to be able to understand what it means to delve in deep into those areas. Because sometimes we think it's not necessary, but a lot of times those things are necessary in order for you to know what you're fighting against. I had a wonderful session with my therapist today. And one of the things she was talking to me about was I was telling her, you know, I feel like I got all these things and all these gifts that I feel like are amazing that God has blessed me with. But I second guess myself on everything. And she literally said to me, that's a contradicting statement you just said. She said, you feel like God has given you these things, but then you second guess yourself. And she said, second guessing is not even your portion. And a light bulb went in my head. What I literally saw was as if somebody was taking a scoop of I'm second guessing and, and putting it on my plate as if that's supposed to be a part of the portion of that I was supposed to carry. That's not my portion. And so if I believe and truly believe in the God that I say that I believe in and Christ who I say I believe in, second guessing isn't part of my portion. It's not because when I lay that down to God, I leave it at his feet because he can take it. I don't need to carry it. 
And then another thing that we need to do is really take the time to spend time in the word. And this means studying. This means getting in your word. This means meditating on scriptures. I've been meditating on Romans 12 and 2 for a couple of weeks and just really eating what that means. What does that mean for God to change me? What does it mean for him to change my thought life? And really, really delve into that. The next thing is fasting and prayer. The Bible says that some things only come by prayer and fasting. And I'm going to find the scripture as I'm talking, because we have to know that there's a repentance, there's a humility, there's a reverence that comes when we fast. Why? Because we are consecrating our bodies back to God. And so I think that we also need to understand that because the Bible says, this is Matthew 17 and 21, but this kind go out, this kinds go out, not but by prayer and fasting. So what Jesus says is basically the disciples at the time were trying to cast out a spirit in someone and they couldn't do it. And so what Jesus basically said is this kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting. So what that means, this is the demon in the boy. And what he was saying is this kind of spirit that you're trying to cast out, this kind of spirit that you're trying to overcome, this generational curse that you're trying to overcome, this stronghold that you're overwhelmed with, this thing that you've been doing for years and you had find yourself every single time trying to give up for one or two days, you can't do it. This person that you feel like you are overwhelmed with, you can't get past because every single time they pop up, it comes in your mind. This kind cannot come out but by prayer and fasting. And so we have to get back into a place of these basic practices that Christ talked about, prayer, spending time with God, fasting, listening to the Holy Spirit, obedience, all these basic things that Christ talked about were the main things that really, really catapulted the apostles when they were walking with the Father. And so the other thing is we have to know that we're not doing this alone. The biggest thing that I can say that has blessed my life is relationship. And because a relationship is so pivotal in my life, I'm able to then do a lot of things because I have the body behind me. I have people that support. I have people that I trust, people that I can go to when I'm really, really struggling. And that is so valuable in the kingdom of God, but also, or in just doing the work of the Lord, but also just in general. Like there are times where I vent and I tell my friends all the time, sometimes I use choice words because I really need to get out what I need to say, but I have that safe space. I have a place I can trust. And then also when we turn to him, God turns to us. There was something that somebody said to me or I heard last week where they were saying that sometimes God is just waiting on us to turn to him. He'll change us at the literal time we turn. And it's sometimes easier to just stay where you are. But how tormenting is that to know that there is more for you and more for your life and more for the things that you want to do than to stay in that place. And it sometimes just takes those steps. And then last but not least, know that you are loved. Regardless of what you might have experienced, know that you are of value to the Father. Know that you are beautiful in His eyes. And know that your mental health matters to Him so much so that He sent Christ so that you didn't have to fight for it. Everything that you need is available to you. And so with that being said, trust this. Trust this. Trust God. And so in a recap... I want you to know that God cares about your thought life. Why? Because he doesn't. He wants us to experience goodness. He wants us to know that Jesus brought the good news and understanding that God doesn't want us to suffer. He wants us to be connected with him. He wants us to walk with him and walk with him through Holy Spirit. The second thing is where does scripture show this evidence? I'm going to name these scriptures out again. Hebrews 4 and 12, Psalms 139, 1 and 2, Proverbs 21 and 2. 
1 Corinthians 2.11 and Matthew 6.21. And then the last scripture when I was talking about this kind only come out through prayer and fasting, Matthew 17.21. And so this is super important. And so lastly, again, what can we do? The things that we can do is we can fight in prayer. We can become aware so that we can fight. We have to do the work. We have to study. We have to fast and pray. We have to know we're not doing this alone. We have to turn to God and know that when we turn to him, we he turns back to us. Know that it's easier to not, it's easier to stay in the same place than to actually put forth the effort and do the work. And then know you're loved. Know you're loved. And so I hope this episode was very helpful for you all. I really enjoyed recording it. And I pray that it blesses you. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Fight for your thought life. Fight for your mental health. Don't give up. It's not easy, but it's worth it. But also know that God is fighting for you. He's fighting with you. And he's fighting next to you every step of the way. All right. I love y'all. And I'll talk to you soon. is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.